comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. So Abe, what's deadlier, a big hammer or a smaller one? Wouldn't the bigger one make more sense? I don't know. The small hammer could be like a stealthier weapon. Well, then why not just use something that's stealthy already and not a hammer? I don't know. I just figured... Ow! What the hell? Hey, guys! Alan? Yeah. I was heading in and heard you guys talking about hammers, so I approached all stealth like it hit Aaron. Oh, God. I guess you proved my point. Indeed. And now Thor is upon us. Wait a minute! I forgot my introduction! Introduction! We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is Abe. Aloha! Out Now is a film podcast. They've been discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to our main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 128. Yes. 128. <laughs> no math here this week. None, none needed, really. And um, today we are talking about Thor, The Dark World. Abe, I'm pretty sure the eighth episode was our Thor episode, actually. Yes, I remember your comment about, wasn't it awesome when Thor just puts the hammer down on Loki and he just can't move? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was. I liked it. <laughs> but yeah, you know, 120 episodes later, we're talking about Thor the Dark World. There you so go. There you go. It all connects. Yeah, Cloud Seamlessly. Atlas. Yeah, yeah Cloud <laughs> Atlas. Joining us, we have, to discuss Thor the Dark World, we have, from Schmoes No, recently paroled from Asgard Penitentiary, it's Christian Harloff. No, I wasn't paroled. Okay. <laughs> uh, Escape yeah. convict! That's right, that's right. Hey, guys, thanks for having me back. For sure. And from real life, once known as a frequent guest on this very podcast, one of the first <laughs> guardians of the ether, Alan Aguilera. Yes, yes, it's nice to be back. Thank you very much. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, let's get to a few announcements. Things. First things first. Alan, happy birthday. Oh, hey. oh thank you. It's a oh. little belated birthday, but you know. It's still your birthday week, and yeah. what better way to celebrate it than having you on to talk about comics on a movie podcast? And hopefully, that... you're, hopefully you're able to celebrate with people and give you a better uh, celebration than we did. Yay! <laughs> Actually, you're probably the biggest standout, so I appreciate that. <laughs> and was me being on the podcast my gift, Aaron? Because that's awesome. Yeah, it, it saved me like five dollars. So. <laughs> oh, wonderful! <laughs> wonderful. So for I... once, I don't have to pay you. It's great. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm vir- we're virtually fist bumping right now. That's the greatest thing about this. Uh, what else? That's yeah. 
happy, happy birthday is the big thing on the announcement list here. Um, other things, iTunes reviews and ratings. It helps out the show. It helps other people find the show. If you were to help us out by giving us an iTunes review and or rating, simply just go to iTunes, look it up. You can give us a star rating, add a little sentence or two. Uh, for further motivation, were you to add us a, a, ra- a review on the old iTunes um, we would, and, you know, notify us in some way, we'd put your name in a raffle. And um, we'd event once we get a bunch of names. We still need a bunch of names. We don't, we don't want to just give it, you know, two people. We'll pick two names from said raffle and give those two people a Blu-ray prize pack. It's double feature double, prize exactly. pack. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Well, two we, Jean-Claude Van Damme films. Exactly. Maximum Risk and The Quest. <laughs> that was me reaching for <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme films that, like, weren't the obvious ones. And that's sure. what I said. <laughs> the Quest with Roger Moore. Um, that's a movie that exists. You can look it up. Um, but yeah, iTunes Vita rating helps us out, and you guys could win something just by doing that. So there you go. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Let's get to know everybody. Each week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to know, know everybody. Uh, <laughs> we're getting ah, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Get there. It's only been 128 episodes, yeah, but we're getting only, there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Abe, why don't you start this one off? Sure. Time? All right. Christian. Yes, sir. Uh, you have two brothers and yourself. Is that right? I do. All right. So who is the Thor of your family, the Loki, and, you know, the Odin? The wise uh, old guy. Well, Odin's got to be my pops, though. But all right, if we got to go brothers, uh, Odin. Well, then I'd probably go Odin. Okay. Uh, I'd probably be the Odin. My brother Brian would be Thor, and because kids of beast works out a lot too. And uh, <laughs> and Thor in the mornings. Yeah, and he's got the long blonde hair too, so that'll oh, probably do it. Brothers, yeah, and, exactly. And then my brother Kevin would definitely be Loki because you never know what that guy's gonna do. <laughs> I'm gonna watch out for that guy. Yeah, you should. It's probably he's probably at your place right now. Check check he's... your cabinets and everything's <laughs> still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that that would be my picks. All right. Cool. Aaron, out yeah. of all the super superhero movies that have come out this year, um, which one did you respond to the most, and why? I would have to say I well responded to because that, that doesn't necessarily mean best. <laughs> no, 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 responded like you came out. You just came out of it like it just it was the one you thought about the most. It was the one that you felt you know you, yeah you could have related to in a certain aspect as well. Kind of like uh, the question I was just asked you know with my brothers, but something Fair else enough. along those lines. Um, I would um I would probably say Man of Steel, and it's not because I thought that it was the best because I don't. I actually would probably put it at the least of the <laughs> of the superhero movies this year. But I had the most to say about it, and I feel like I had it, it felt like the the most interesting one to talk about because it feels like there were and I know some people disagree. I know Alan probably disagrees with me. I think there were a lot of missed opportunities with that film, but I still think it had a lot going on with it where it provided me a lot of fuel for discussion over this past summer, as opposed to Iron Man three, which I just kind of saw and was like, Oh, that's fine. And Wolverine, which I really liked, but it's like I don't have much to add to that just beyond the fact that hey, I really liked right. Hugh Jackman and this movie this time around, so good job. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> Alan, yes. when is it the most appropriate for Thor to drop the hammer? <laughs> Probably the early 90s when he's on stage with MC Hammer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you hey. <laughs> yes. Hey, we are, we are almost to the midway point of phase two for Marvel's uh, movie epic. For you, what was your favorite phase one Marvel film? Uh, it, was, it would actually be uh, Captain America, primarily because uh, the way that Joe, uh, Joe Johnson had directed it, and it's kind of period PC, and then the ending is just very sad, uh, because it leaves you on that, that little the little note that Steve Rogers says, and that's just the way that it ends. And 
the the little stinger at the end it makes a little bit more sense too but i actually did like the captain america um film quite a bit actually uh, yeah i i agree with you Abe. like that's kind of where i stand at this point on those movies and it's you know, I think about that ending, and it's like I, the the bookends are the worst part of that movie. Like everything in between that, it's like fantastic. But you yeah. start out really slow with like the hey, we're in Antarctica for some reason, and then hey, let's show you stuff with Shield at the end. Like you put that at the end of the credits, and like it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, Alan, back at you. Oh, 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 you're a demigod. Which weapon uh, yes. would you like to be painted and sculpted with you in all future art? Um, probably mace. Mace. But not a big base, the actual spray mace. Oh. Because <laughs> I think if a big weapon will take away from my awesome physique. Ah. So I think a nice little container where I can subdue my enemy and then, you know, knock him unconscious. I think that works. Yeah. Your awesome physique in this hypothetical situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my birthday month, Aaron. <laughs> Give me a little bit of slack. Given. I'm a hot piece of meat with a lot of marbling. So, thank you very much. Mm, that's um, on the grill. Way to drop yeah. the hammer on that one. Isn't it, though? <laughs> okay. So, Christian. Yes. I asked Abe what his favorite Phase 1 film was. Out of the, all the Marvel movies, what's your favorite stinger? The favorite end credit sequence? Oh, and we can't we can't talk about the recent ones, correct? You can just say that just was say the movie. one. Just say the movie? See, and I don't know if it's because if it's that fresh. But I would probably say Thor 2 because I feel that it is forwarding the storyline into Phase 2. And it, it dropped a big hint, even if we don't happen to see that in Guardians of the Galaxy that comes up. There's other things that could possibly happen in Avengers 2 or some other movies or a possible villain. And if you're a comic book fan, you probably picked up on something from that uh, end credit. And I just... Uh, it. it it was exciting to me, and I'm a big, you know, I'm very curious about this Guardians of the Galaxy thing, too, and how the certain character that pops up plays into the rest of it. So that was very exciting to me, but I also always enjoyed the uh, the end sequence in, the, in, in Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, when uh, Downey's at the bar and he walks in at the very end. That was pretty cool. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, then, Abe, I have a question for you. Yeah. So if Anthony Hopkins was your father... And you did something he he didn't like, and he screamed at you as Sir Anthony Hopkins does quite often in both movies. <laughs> Would you a just listen and run to your room? B yell back, or C ask him to please do it again because that was so cool. I'd probably choose C, do it again, uh, because in that banishment scene in Thor, when he tells Loki to, I don't know what he says, he just growls at Loki. But uh, I was like, that's really cool. I, I'd want to see that again, please. And, you know, <laughs> Thor getting banished. That, yeah, I mean, nobody wants to get banished and then have, you know, end up in New Mexico. Right? Right? Right. So. The worst place you could end up. Yeah, small town New Mexico with everything that looks like a prop. So, come on. No, a worst place would be just small town Mexico. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually out of questions. Aaron, did you have a, another one? I got a, I got a question. I'll ask this to everybody. Um, what superhero or villain do you think has the potential to, to become the next breakout fangirl favorite like Loki? Mm. Uh, I, I mean, weaving. Rocket Raccoon. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go. I'll go from Guardians, but I'm going to go with with, uh, with Chris Pratt. Oh, I think. Uh, yeah, because uh, you're, are you talking about a hero or villain? Either way. Either way. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, I'm saying Chris Pratt because – 
the, I don't know if you guys saw the, the footage that they showed up with Comic-Con D23, and it was leaked in, on the internet at one point. I don't know if it's still up there, but um, it, I, I really like where this character is going. Uh, it's like a mix between uh, Han Solo and Lone Star from uh, Space Wolf. Uh, it, it, so it's like, it's, it's cool. I think that he's really going to nail it. And I re- and I like the fact that he dedicated himself. He lost a lot of weight for the role. And uh, I, I'm, I think that he's going to wind up being the, kind of what Iron Man was to the Avengers. I think this guy's going to pop. Nice. Yeah, I think he. I, I agree. I think Chris Pratt's kind of set to break out, and yeah. this movie could be the one that does it for him, assuming it you know all works out. Uh, Alan, were you at? Because I was at Comic Con. I saw the footage there. Yeah. Alan, were you there that day? That's the one day I had to go. That's the one day, day you missed. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember if it was that or the. Day. No, it was a good day. Yeah, you were. It was a good day. <laughs> you were. You, you were there for Zack Snyder walking out, be like, "Hey guys, uh, Superman, Batman, bye." Like that was. Yeah, and then I just <laughs> left. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Well, can't get better than that." I was wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> on that down note, that's how you played everybody. Hello, everybody. We set the toe for the podcast. <laughs> there we go. Let's move on now to quickies. Tim. Each week on Out Now, we rate one main movie, but we always have other movies we see during the week, so we have something called Out Now Quickies. Register trademark. Thank you. Um, Abe, have you seen any other movies? I week? haven't, but I was catching up on season seven of 30 Rock because it's on Netflix now. Very strong writing. Season? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a great season. Strong oh. writing. I have two more episodes, and I'm I'm kind of getting sad already. So the second to last episode is one of the best Ooh, episodes. I'm... It actually hits emotional beats, which that's I was surprised one. by. Yeah. Uh, Alan, any uh, new movies you've seen? Uh, I saw Carrie like two nights ago. Yeah. I did not like it. No. Did they all laugh at you? Did they all laugh at you? No more than they you. all laugh at you. <laughs> no. Put your dirty like, people started doing. Like, you know, people started throwing, like, dirty tampons at me, but I was like, this isn't that different. So. You saw Carrie two nights ago. Was that your birthday movie? <laughs> no, when I saw it Friday night, and we're recording this on Sunday, Inside Podcast. Um, we were like, I saw Thor already, so I guess Carrie seems like the choice now. Well, yeah, um, somebody's wanted to go. I was like, oh, all right. Um, yeah, I just wasn't, I was kind of excited for it, but I just, I didn't really like it. I didn't like, hmm. I liked the original a lot, so I just didn't think they really added anything new, and the changes they made, I didn't think were that novel. They botched so. the prom scene. That was my problem. They botched a lot. Yeah, they botched a lot, but the prom scene seems like, well, yeah. all right, what are we doing? It's almost like I go through two acts of going, just get the prom scene. Just get the prom scene. Oh, you did terribly. <laughs> and what prom What lo- What prom anywhere now has their prom in their gym? Small Daily America. We can't all go to rich high schools like yeah. you can't, Alan. Listen, I went to <laughs> a lower income, not lower income, but I went, either way, we headed to Disneyland. But still. What? <laughs> Yeah, uh, one of the banquet rooms in Disneyland, we had a prom there. Yeah, sounds pretty right. cool. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty rad, yeah. <laughs> so I just I just think it's so weird that they had, like, anyway, um, I just wasn't a fan. Okay. Christian, have you seen any other, any other movies this week? Any new movies or uh, just movies in general? Just in general. Yeah. Uh, I watched The Natural again last oh, night. Nice. With my wife. My wife had never seen it. So um, we, we watched The Natural, and I, I still – there is a – Fairly silly scene. I didn't remember before. Are you guys all pretty familiar with it? I haven't seen it in a while. It, yeah. It's just Michael Madsen plays like the the right fielder who uh, who Roy Hobbs, uh, Robert Redford eventually replaces, and they need to get him out of the so Roy Hobbs can play. So you know <laughs> he's out in right field, and they tell him he's got to play harder because otherwise Hobbs is going to replace him. So. <laughs> he goes out. He's running through the wall, and he runs through the wall, and then it just flashes on the screen. Oh yeah, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 
had a funeral for him, and then Roy Hub starts playing. And I was, I remember being a kid, I never really thought that was anything, but it's like, wow, they really had no time to explain <laughs> anything else except, it. let's just kill him, throw him through a wall. And then, uh, and then I also watched one of my favorite action uh, thrillers of all time, and that would be Heat with uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. With everybody. Yeah. With everybody. True. Still like one everybody. of the best shootouts ever on screen. Oh, Give me all you got! Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's, yeah. Love Heat. Yeah. I guess. Love Heat. So, uh, yeah. So, those are the ones I watched uh, this week. And then next week, we'll, uh, it's a slow new release week. More like a build-up to Best Man Holiday, which may be the best movie for the holidays. Holiday <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we have uh, – I'm trying to think of all the, the huge releases that are coming. All the Oscar movies, you know, the, the big contenders are probably going to start hitting very, very soon. I mean, you had, you had a couple trickle in here and there, but you're going to have all the, the really big ones really start to roll out soon. Yeah. Um, speaking of The Natural, I saw another classic movie this week, um, The Right Stuff. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. I would like to say that a small percentage of my tweets have been, when is the right stuff going to come on Blu-ray? And that finally happened this week, so that already made me like insanely incite- excited. So I got that. But then, even more exciting was the fact that they were screening the right stuff in L.A. for a 30th anniversary. Um, and director Phil Kaufman was there, producer Owen Inkler was there, Dennis Quaid was there, uh, a whole bunch of people. And I was really excited to go. Went and saw the right stuff. Three-hour movie with a and a It was awesome. I got them to sign my Blu-ray. I love the right stuff. Uh, for those that don't know, they're just like, what's the right stuff? It's about the Mercury astronaut program uh, with Ed Harris, Scott Glenn, Fred Ward, Dennis Quaid, Barbara Hershey, and Sam Shepard as like, amazing as Chuck Yeager. He's so cool in that movie. But uh, yeah, I love the right stuff, and I'm very happy to have got to see it now on the big screen. Nice. Very cool. How's the Blu-ray? The Blu-ray, is, it's very good. Uh, it, okay. it doesn't bring any, like all the features were already on the previous DVD release, but the transfer is pretty solid. The sound is very good. Okay, cool. So yeah, it's certainly worth picking up if you want to get the right stuff, which I recommend wholeheartedly. Hmm. Uh, now, now I just need Gravity, and then I can complete my Ed Harris Space <laughs> Trilogy on Blu-ray. Um, I also saw Spike Lee's Old Boy, and I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm allowed to say anything about it, but I'll just say that I don't really care that I can't say anything about it. I'll just leave. Oh it. no! <laughs> really? That's I'm excited fun. to see that one. It's a movie. Hmm. Uh, um, not a review. <laughs> Hashtag. Um, <laughs> okay. Take that, uh, censors. <laughs> um, all right, so that's uh, that's quickies. TM. Let's move on to trailer talk, where each week we discuss us. I, I paused for like a split second, because I thought you were going to say something from there. Like, <laughs> Let's move on to trailer talk, and you're like, talk, talk, I don't know. Uh, each, each week we talk about a couple of the newest trailers, when we think of them, when they're coming out, and what have you. And we have very fitting trailers to talk about this week. First up, we have Captain America, The Winter Soldier, this is, of course, the sequel to Captain America, based on one of his most popular story arcs, um, which I'm not going to really reveal, because why not? But I will say that it, the most interesting thing to me about this, besides the fact that it just looks pretty awesome, is that it's directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, the Russo brothers, um, not known for their action directing, more known for their comedy directing, as they've done many episodes of Community, Arrested Development, Happy Endings, all sorts of things like that. But now they're taking their stab at directing a giant Marvel movie, um, which sees Captain America returning and, you know, dealing with spies in D.C., apparently. So with that said, let's start with uh, let's start with Christian. What did you think of the trailer for Captain America, The Winter Soldier? I loved it. And I, I actually, you know, I think that if there's any questions in regards to can these guys handle the big action and, uh, and you know, serious, there's some, you know, not, not ultimately Dark Knight serious, but serious tone, uh, I think 
that should be answered in the trailer alone because that's that's how they're pitching it. And from and I, I was again, I was able to see the the, ex- the extended trailer, I guess, that came out for Comic Con and Aaron. And I'm not sure if you saw it as well, yeah, but yeah, I saw um, it. and it just uh, it. It's got a very, very cool feeling to it. And because of that storyline you were mentioning in the comics, it is a a deeper and more emotional story for Cap this time around. So um, I'm happy with with the trailer very much so. I'm excited for it. And I can't wait to see how they have Captain America now in modern day times in a mission uh, sans the Avengers. Mm, Cool. Alan, um, did you... Before your screening of Thor, did they show the extended? I know they showed the extended footage of Captain America in certain screenings of Thor. Did you get to see? I did the extended screening. I just saw the trailer. Okay. Unfortunately. But uh, okay. With that said, what are your thoughts? On this? Oh, dude. Oh, dude. Um, <laughs> Capture. So, fa- I recall Capture your favorite Marvel character, correct? Okay. Here's the thing. Captain's my favorite Marvel. Captain's just my favorite superhero in general. Okay. Like over, over, over every brand. I love him. Um, I was really happy with the first movie. Um, because it's one of the better ones they put out, but I think the trailer looks great. It, the directors are some of my favorite TV directors because I love happy endings, and they did some of the best episodes on that. Um, so I'm really, really excited for it because it has the Falcon and is bringing in all this other stuff. But the thing that really hits home for me is that it's a Winter Soldier story. And when I got back into comics in the early aughts, um, the Captain America Winter Soldier story is kind of what I started from. Hmm. So I started reading that weekly, and I was engrossed in it. So I was. And the Winter Soldier is one of my favorite characters in the com- in comics as well. So this movie is really, really, really on my um, to-do list or to-watch list. I'm really, really excited for it. And there are certain movies, like, <clears throat> when Iron Man 2 came out, I wasn't exact like, it wasn't good, but I wasn't disappointed by it because I didn't have high expectations for it. This film is the one that pro- I have the, probably the highest expectations for out of all the other Marvel movies that have come out. Because it's so near and dear to me. So I just hope I'm not disappointed and I don't look like I will be because it looks great. It certainly looks very entertaining as well. I, I didn't know what the Winter Soldier was all about until I did some more research on it. And that's a pretty cool storyline, I must say. So I'm excited to see where the the, uh, the movie goes. Um, it is interesting, something that Christian pointed out, which is just Captain America in the 21st century. Um, and how that's all going to play out because, uh, I don't know, uh, we'll see. But I'm excited to see this film. You know what I'm also curious about as well, too, again, without, I know we're going to get into it in a little bit here with uh, with Thor, but there's something that happens in a dark world. Again, one of the reasons I liked the movie so much was for the furthering of Phase 2. I wonder if it's going to play into Cap at all because of certain events that happen at the very end of Thor 2, I think is going to have an impact on the entire universe. And again, I don't want to spoil it, but there's just something that happens at the not not the credits, but at the very, very end of the film that I'm saying, oh, if it goes this particular route, then this is going to change stuff up for the entire universe. It's certainly interesting to think about this because you have you have this Marvel universe now that extends not only to movies but to TV with shields, so they have the opportunity to really tie in things and yeah. I don't really need to talk about like if that's fair to people that don't watch TV or whatever, but I mean it is neat to see that this kind of thing exists right now where you have this kind of multi tier right form of entertainment that you can certainly watch as its own or you could you know share in all the different aspects of it and like really kind of have this interconnected story going on but uh with that said i love this trailer for captain america i just gotta be super excited I, abe and i are big fans of the first captain america film and so you know this one the fact that it looks very good is a nice help mm-hmm. but um i i really curious about kind of the tone it's going for if thor is this kind of 
wild fantasy adventure. Capped looks like it's going this one, especially good, in particular, is going for this kind of '70s spy espionage yep. thriller, which yep. that intrigues me. And like, of course, they have Robert Redford because that just makes sense if you're making a '70s <laughs> spy movie. Um, but uh, and I do like, and I I don't know how much this is, is going to hold up in like future trailers, but I do like that the Winter Soldier aspect of it is fairly held back. Like it's not emphasizing the villain necessarily. It's not like Dark Knight where you emphasize the Joker heavily in all the marketing. Um, Again, this is just a first trailer, so that could change very quickly. But I do like that they're holding back on revealing what the Winter Soldier actually is for the time being. So that uh, that intrigues me. But yeah, I from the look of it, I'm quite excited. Seeing a helicarrier drop it to the ocean is like, wow, okay, they went there. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Those things just can't stay in the air. They, ever, uh, like, they also know, break they apart just... very easily. Dude. Yeah. Like, really? They'll just make a super helicarrier next. In the... Out of vibranium. Yeah, and the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll make some kind of Death Star. Um, all right, so Captain America the Winter Soldier opens April 4th, 2014. Going the Fast and Furious route, apparently, kicking off the summer early. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, okay, that's out of the way. Let's get to our next trailer, which is X-Men Days of Future Past. This is the next installment in the X-Men franchise, which is based on, again, one of the most popular stories in the X-Men universe. It features anybody that's ever been in an X-Men movie, including Daniel Cudmore, who played Colossus, I assume. Um, I just like saying that name, because why not? <laughs> uh, it's directed, it's returning director, Brian Singer, is back. Uh, and, yeah, they look, uh, we, you know, there's, there's trouble going on in the future, so what's the solution? Of course, send Wolverine, the only mutant that ever matters, apparently, back to the past to, to figure things out. So there you go. With that said... Start with Alan this time. Alan, what did you think of the trailer for X Men: Days of Future Past? It looks really, really, really sciencey. Some down, like science, like really heavy into science fiction with the time time jumps. So I, I really want to watch it. I think it's going to be interesting. I, I just hope they pull it off. What, however, they're kind of splicing it all together. Like, yeah, they have an exceptional cast and the and the creative team is really strong. I just hope that they stick the landing. And from what I'm seeing, it looks like they might. So I'm kind of pumped about it. Christian? Uh, I love that. And again, I don't mean to piss everybody off by keep mentioning the Comic-Con stuff. But um, there was the, 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 only, the only difference that the Comic-Con trailer that was shown for X-Men Days of Future Past and the one that was released, the difference, which I thought was a big difference, to be completely honest, was at Comic-Con, they, the music they used in the, in the trailer was from time time from uh, inception Hans Zimmer's inception yeah. and it worked phenomenally it worked so well not only because of what the whole theme of the film is but just the tone the pace and the way if you you know it was great they couldn't get the rights from Warner Brothers Warner Brothers wouldn't let it go obviously you know with the Marvel DC thing so um, i i it just uh, it, to the music in the trailer was was very muddled and at sometimes it was very jarring. I thought that they did, at one point it just kind of shoots up, but the footage itself is phenomenal. I love the to me this is my most anticipated film that's coming out in the next couple of years. Um, I think that it is going to tie in both Matthew Vaughn what he did. I loved X Men First Class. I loved it, and I am um, I think that between Vaughn and Singer returning and now collaborating, um, I think that we're going to get. The, 
the, everybody, the, everybody's fast, but fast benders. Magneto was great, and you maybe can get rid of some of stupid Brett Ratner's garbage that he had in there from before, <laughs> um, and maybe tie up some loose ends. And from what it sounds, Brian Singer wants to do that. I'm all on board with this trailer. I love the way it looked. Count me up. Yep. Pretty much the uh, same thing that Christian said. The thing that got me first was the music, and again, it sounds like they had some like uh, some adagio stuff, like what you had mentioned, Aaron from Sunshine. It's, um, it's funny that they yeah they have Sunshine, but they they uh, replaced the the Inception Hans Zimmer track with a track from Hans Zimmer in the Thin Red Line, which is yeah like, oh, right. We got, yeah. we got some Zimmer. So <laughs> I actually I also thought originally that it was a uh, time from Inception as well at the end there where they where they cut in. But I had I had stayed away from this trailer. I remember when it first came out, the internet kind of went bonkers, and I think a lot of my news feed also went bonkers. Like, oh, this movie, like, just no, it's over. Like, this movie is going to end all, all movies. Um, and I hadn't seen it until this morning, and I was very much blown away by it. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Although I'm probably going to not watch anything in the future uh, related to this until the actual film comes out, just to keep uh, keep everything going. Um. I'll say in terms of tone, I like what they're going for. I mean, if the, if the, if the trailer is, you know, trying to kind of strike a certain motif with like, hey, this is what the film's going to kind of feel like when you see it. Like, you've done a good job. You've got a good reaction out of me. I get chills during uh, when uh, James McAvoy's talking. Um, I don't want your future, all that nonsense. But uh, the only, like, is but and I'm, into, I'm anticipating this film quite a bit. I really like the Days of Future Past story and even with the, the minor tweaks to the story i'm still excited to see where this is going my only question is like if they can make it all work given that they have every single mutant they've ever had in this movie and i like to think that i mean the balance will work just because i feel like a singer has a good handle on these kind of thing now after like x2 the question we got that we're going to run into also again like and that's even if i joked about it with the ratner thing is how are they what they gonna do with rogue you know if you remember what what how ratner completely screwed up the storyline with that one um well like, i mean because like with her powers being gone or whatever yeah with well, the powers like, being well, gone, all well, everybody stuff. got everybody got their powers back like that movie doesn't well, matter apparently <laughs> I mean, that, that's what i'm saying like are they gonna are they like that's the that's the beauty of the time travel is that they can probably make, fix some stuff up if they want it just a matter of how they're gonna do it and it obviously seems from what's going on that the Sentinels are going to get involved here, and that's probably what the mutants are getting, you know, picked off like the Jedi's after uh, Episode Three, you know, one by one, and that looks like probably why Magneto and Professor X are working together. Hmm. I mean, the other, I mean, even fans of the series that for whatever reason haven't seen the end of the like the the, the Stinger and X Three would be thinking, how is Professor X still alive? He got blown to pieces in the X Three, like so. It, I have a lot of questions about how they're going to handle bringing back characters and. Well, but, that. but remember at the, the the end of at the the post credits to X Men Three, he pops back to life. I know. I'm saying people, so people haven't seen that, so they might be like, yeah. "What's going on here?" And also, I mean, he wasn't in his body either. So how is he Patrick Stewart again? Like, it's that's weird. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> well. Yeah, I, uh, I could go into X Men Three, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> certainly sounds I want, like it. I wanted I want to know the guy that that like defends X Men Three over first class. I want to beat that guy. Oh man, <laughs> all you have to say to that guy is okay. So and, and please, the first person who knows this answer, the obvious answer, please answer it right away. What is Magneto's power? He does magnets. <laughs> but for, for he, he controls power? metal. He bends metal. Right. So why is his hideout in the woods? <laughs> It's because he doesn't sense. want he, he 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 put metal on all the trees. Yeah, right. And it's, 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 it was just no logic. It was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so X Men: Days of Future Past comes out 
uh, Memorial Day next year, May 23rd, 2014. So, okay. With that said, Alan, you there? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> just checking, buddy. You guys um, are just really, really into it and talking about this Brett Ratner. Ex- I don't remember this film. He was needed <laughs> on that movie After the Sunset. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, anyway, okay, got it, got it. Yeah, got that, it. yeah, that. Brett. So it was before it was after Red Dragon and after yeah. after. Okay, got it. Got yeah. it. it lives. Okay. It lives with Rocky Five somewhere now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was just a weird sci-fi movie he decided to do that looked like. <laughs> exactly. I that, was, sure. that was the Family Man. Um, well, I I haven't. Seen, I don't think. I don't remember it. And I don't even think Brian Singer has seen it. So. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. So with, that, with all that out of the way, let's get to our main review for Thor, The Dark World. You face an enemy, not only to a few. Known only to one. You must be truly desperate to come to me for help. If we do nothing, they will destroy us. You even think about betraying him. I'll kill you. That was for New York. I like her. Your bravery will not ease your pain. Your family, your world will be extinguished. We're running out of time. The very fabric of reality will be torn apart. I'll find a way to save us all. That should have been some of the trailer for Thor The Dark World. Picking up two years after the first film, Thor the Dark World has Thor and the gang facing off against an old enemy who has been awakened by a powerful weapon known as the Aether, which could help him to potentially darken all of the nine realms for eternity due to the upcoming convergence of every realm. Natalie Portman's Jane Foster gets involved as Thor brings her to Asgard after she becomes a host to this Aether. With few options to solve their galactic dilemma, the prisoner Loki is brought in to either potentially help or betray Thor in his efforts to save the realms. Christian... Did Thor the Dark World leave you wanting Thor? <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. Uh, I see it as well. Uh, I loved it. I really did. I loved the movie. Um, I, you know, just I'll get the, the parts I didn't like out there first. Uh, I thought there were a lot of cheesy moments sometimes, and I don't mind, as my counterpart Mark Ellis would say, not everything needs to be the Dark Knight and the Nolan tone. Um, you know, Man of Steel or whatnot, you got to have light moments in certain movies, and Marvel obviously does that, and I was all for it. There was some great comedy in Thor, uh, The Dark World, with Thor himself in certain moments. There's this moment with the train I thought was funny. There's some other stuff that happened that was really funny. Uh, Kat Dennings should never be allowed to come back ever again. <laughs> uh, I think that she was... I like her as an actress. I think she was completely out of place with uh, the humor that was in the movie. I thought that it, it just turned it into a silly sitcom in, in moments that it that it didn't need it. The tone jumped radically when she was in there. That being said, um, the other stuff, what Alan Taylor, the director, um, most notably from Game of Thrones, brought was really brought an epic, epic feel to this film. And I liked how he handled the stuff in Asgard. There's a moment in Asgard where there's a, there's an attack, and it remind me, reminded me of, of the trailer from the, the Star Wars Old Republic video game yeah. that was going around, and it just reminded me of it. I was watching it. And it just had such a great feel to it. And, and, and I loved the back and forth between uh, Loki and Thor. And I mean, there was, just, there was a lot of great stuff. But like I said previously, what I really enjoyed about it was how they, there was a nice cameo that gave you know, a paying homage to things that we've seen in the past, maybe tying some stuff into the adventures as well and furthering along phase two 
Uh, so I, I really enjoyed this film. I went four out of five schmoes. Alan? Um, I wasn't a big fan. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was really uneven most of the time. Um, some of the humor bits were really funny, like with like Kishina was saying with Thor on the train or Thor when he has to hang up the hammer. Like I like yeah. Thor Fish Out of Water. I think those are really good. I think the next Thor film will be really funny, and that's the kind of stuff I like to see. I just found it really uneven. It just was reminding me of all these other different films. I don't understand why they recasted Fandral, which is um, Chuck or Zachary Levi. I don't really understand because he really didn't do anything. Um, I liked I liked the Warriors three, but I also didn't like how they sent Hondor just kind of like, oh, we don't need you. Don't worry about it. You're Asian. And just left him. <laughs> You're Asian. <laughs> yeah, no, no, don't, don't worry about it. You, he got Jet Li Expendables. Like, like it's Expendables 2 and get rid of Jet Li like in two minutes. Like, oh, uh, we don't need you. You're too short. So I just thought there was a lot of interesting choices. I liked that they brought the scale a lot. I liked that it's not just four city blocks in New Mexico and it's at the giant Oregon in Asgard. They kind of opened it up a lot more. So I really enjoyed that. But Crimson Hemsworth's great, and Loki, it's almost seemed like there was too much of him, even though he's the best part of the film, because he just really sells that character, and he's really, really intriguing to see. <sighs> you must be truly desperate to come to me for help. What makes you think you can trust me? I don't. And you should know that when we fought each other in the past, I did so with a glimmer of hope that my brother was still in there somewhere. That hope no longer exists to protect you. You betray me, and I will kill you. Mm. When do we start? There's a lot of little swerves in it. I think there were one too many. Um, it reminded me a lot of Into the Darkness with that one point. Where I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Mm. Um, and I just think the villains were very, very one note, and I didn't find them imposing. And Christopher Eccleston is a fantastic actor, and I don't think he had anything to do in the way. Because um, he just kind of walked around like, look at me. You can't really see my face. I don't uh, disagree with you there. I think that the villain actually was... Uh, I think that Chris Eccleston was underused, and there wasn't any development to him, the way that they developed, developed Loki. I totally agree with you there. I think that he looked cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there was. Oh, the there dark was... elves' masks. Those white masks are terrifying. Those are right. cooler yeah, than any right. of the villains in the movie. They the masks. Cool. Yeah, yeah, those are yeah. really cool. I just think, I think with this one, it was more spectacle than personality. And mm. with Marvel films, I think it's more personality, and that's what kind of sells them. That's what sells the first Thor. That's what sells Captain America. That's what, like their their attitude. And this one was just like, it's not as. I didn't like Iron Man two. Because I just thought it was kind of the same thing, and I think this is this level above Iron Man two, but I don't think it's as good as any other Marvel film that they put out. Mm -hmm. So I just think it was too uneven, and I didn't necessarily expect more because I wasn't really enthralled by the trailers. I wanted to see it no matter what, but I just I don't know. <laughs> it just wasn't really my uh, my assumption of what this film should have been. Mm. I'm just happy so. it's not a fan fest again like we had with Ender's Game last week. By, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I, I, I don't know. I don't know what people think ahead of time. So, I, so it's like last week we just all ended up praising Ender's Game. <laughs> oh, are you surprised I didn't like it or what? I, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't it's know what it's you're interesting. Doing. makes for an interesting discussion. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Uh, I thought it was entertaining, but I, I'm, I'm not as uh, – I didn't dislike it as much as Alan, but I thought that it was uh, – it kind of felt empty to some regard. And that's primarily because it feels like a stepping stone toward um, – Avengers two, uh, and I understand the I understand the the reasoning behind choosing the Dark Elves as your nemesis and and the the tower behind the ether, 
Um, but for the most part, it, it kind of feels like uh, Thor is kind of just here to get him onto Earth to continue the storyline into what's going to come next. Um, I do agree that Cat Dennings, man, like just one scene with you would have been fine. Uh, everything else is kind of just over the top. I, I did enjoy the humor parts a lot. I also just enjoyed the parts with Thor and Loki just interacting um, mm-hmm. probably the most. Um, it feels like Anthony Hopkins was a little bit uh, not so much into this one as much as he was in the other one. But I will say that uh, there were there was only one part that confused me, and it wasn't that all these giant things are crashing into London and whatever else. Because I think given from what happened in the Avengers and what people have been acknowledging in the subsequent films is that this happened, these are real, uh, we have to be aware of, you know, intergalactic uh, heroes and villains. But the thing that kind of threw me off was just uh, what Jane Foster and uh, Eric Solveig, what they were using to create these... Oh, yeah, awesome... They had their whatever device. Yeah, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, how, how does this work? I guess I'll just go with it. Um, but yeah, yeah, but that's don't you think? Don't you think that's the whole point at the like now? Like there's a, there's so that's that's just, it's such a slippery slope because if you get if you do what they did in Iron Man two where they over all it was was a big advertisement for the Avengers people hate it and then if you don't do any of it like uh, Iron Man three you get people that are arguing it as well and then if you get things that are make too much sense. Like, oh, it's a comic book movie. You're overthinking it's it. True. Certain movies, I think, should just be fun. This one was fun. The action was incredible. And I thought that, yeah, is it? can you go and say, well, that's silly. How did they figure that out? I don't know. How do they figure out that you can see a guy flying with a hammer? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, I think that there's, there's certain rules that sometimes can, the suspension of disbelief can be used. Sometimes what has to work. I agree with you, but I, those little, at the very end, what they were using and the way they were using, it didn't bother me as much as the fact that, Right between this cool scene, you get the two stupid interns kissing. Get them out of there. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but we can see. I don't. Well, the, oh, go ahead. No, it's just my suspension of disbelief is you can you can make me believe anything. I don't. I'm a, I'm a gullible moviegoer. I'll go with your thing. But if you're, because that's not really my issue with it. My issue is with their creative choices and some of the editing issues are just interesting. When um, Malachi gets that weird scar on his face like halfway through the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That editing, like that shot, is just weird. Which I shot? don't like Where the way they edited it. Like right before that, like how they lead into it, it just kind of. Uh, I just thought that was a weird cut. Mm. I, I don't know. I just was. I was watching it. And I was like, I don't. I don't understand. I was watching it with my friend, and we just looked at each other. And like, I don't. I don't. I don't get that. Mm. I just think that there were interesting creative decisions that they made that kind of didn't make it ascend like to the original Thor, which I thought was really good. But it also they're trying to we're trying to have our cake and eat it too, with trying to set up this grander universe, but not ruin the integrity of the actual film. So, uh, there you go, because I haven't said anything. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Sorry. There's a scene in this movie where Idris Elba, like he sees something and he's like, "I need to run at this and attack it," and he does, and he takes down like an entire ship, and <laughs> that's kind of the big scene for Idris Elba. It. It basically means nothing to the rest of the movie, but he had his moment. That's kind of what I thought about Thor. I thought this movie. It doesn't amount to much, but I had a whole lot of fun watching it, and yeah. that's, I think, what counts. I didn't really think of it as a stepping stone to another movie. I just thought it was, like, an adventure with Thor. Like, it just felt like a chapter, and it, it, felt, like a, it felt like a Thor comic book, and that's what this is. Yeah. It's a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. It felt like an issue, I and I had a lot of fun w- reading or watching this issue of Thor. It, um, it, showed that, it, showed how, it showed me how strong the characters are in this series, which is something that deserves credit, I think, just because 
this is probably the weirdest Marvel film you could have get, given that it's very sci-fi and very yep. fantastical at the same time. It's very Star Wars. That's my callback, easily. It's very, it's very much a Star Wars movie. It just happens to set in the Marvel Universe. And um, I had just a ton of fun watching this movie that had these characters that I, you know, I saw in the first movie, but they've it's not that they're necessarily deep or anything, with the exception of Loki, Thor, and Jane. Um, but I like seeing all of them, and they all really bounce well. I think that I think the the film is very well casted. I guess that's what I'm getting at. And I think that plays to the strength that balances out other issues like the story or the villain. I think Chris Hemsworth makes a very capable lead. I think Loki's obviously a success because they've reshot scenes to have more Loki in it. Um, I think Natalie Portman. Because for being, you know, the love interest, I think she's a very uh, strong female character in this Thor series. I think she well, gets a lot to do. But go on. Go on. Well, speaking speaking of casting, how, how and and hitting your Natalie Portman point in a second here, but how about how badass was Renee Russo in this movie? Yeah, I mean, like people would blink and forget she, that yeah. she was in the first movie, but this movie yeah. she has stuff to do. Like yeah, and and she does she it well like little, too. She had like a little Yoda moment too. Yeah, yeah, that was rad. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And then you know, going to Natalie Portman. Someone woke her up in this movie because I felt in the first one, I felt she was just reading the lines and it was like, ah, oh, I guess I'm in another Star Wars movie here. She just, there was really nothing to her. In this one, I felt like the chemistry between her and Thor was actually really there. And Jane. Sorry, I just needed to make sure you were real. It's been a very strange day. Oh, I am. Jane, what? Where were you? Where were you? Heimdall could not see you. I was right here where you left me. I was waiting, and then I was crying, and then I went out looking for you. You said you were coming back. I know, I know, but the Bifrost was destroyed. The Nine Realms erupted into chaos. Wars were raging. Marauders were pillaging. I had to put an end to the slaughter. As excuses go, it's not terrible. But I saw you on TV. You were, you were in New York. She didn't, she didn't annoy me, and I, and I was calling for her to get killed before this movie started. Because I'm like, oh, if she's, she's going to go flying around and just, you know, doing the same stuff with her lines and, and not really be there, then I, we don't need her in the movie. But she, I thought th that the character Jane actually added some stuff to it. And, you know, there was still that silly moment where she slaps Loki in the face and a little... <laughs> didn't really make much sense to, you know, the I guess the acting element of it all. But uh, it uh, I, I liked her, and I agree with you, Aaron. I think the casting was well done, and the characters uh, served their purpose. I, yeah, I think it all balances things out quite well and I, apparently i'm the lone defender of cat dennings i thought she was funny throughout this movie i, I agree yeah, that there's a lot i thought there's a lot of her but i but i, I that made it which seems a lot of it and i know she had re she had more scenes added too because i guess she was testing really? very well but yeah but i mean i i enjoyed what she was bringing the intern stuff was a little much maybe but I, <laughs> regardless um the most the thing i like the most about this is that it feels it like you guys have said it feels like a bigger world here and it helps that i mean there's more realms that we see but i mean the first movie was like alan said a couple blocks into mexico and like one big room with thor populated by nine people and this movie it it has it really expands the world of asgard it feels like it's a very lived in world it feels like i'm watching an episode of kind of you know game of thrones with less intrigue per se but i mean it, it still feels like there's and part, part of this is obviously budget too because now you have a bigger budget because you know thor is a more reliable source of box office bucks but um it it helps like it, it shows that there's a lot to mine in this universe there's these different realms there's the the earth choosing greenwich in london by the way that's a neat choice like that's something you don't see all the time that's a nice touch but um I, yeah i just like how this movie really expanded on everything and it's just a lot of fun i just had a lot of fun with this movie i, I didn't have the same amount of fun that i had 
with uh, with Iron Man three, for example, in terms of Phase two films. I thought this one had just a better handle on how much fun it could be, despite having kind of a messy story. Uh, I mean, the opening half for sure, and then yeah, the villain stuff is pretty weak. But I mean, there was just a lot of inventive action in this movie. I like the. I wish the villain was better, just because I think the final fight was so interesting and unique. Like it did. It, it didn't go on forever with just the same thing when, like in Iron Man 3 where he's just jumping around in different suits. This one had a whole bunch of different ideas going on, and I, I like that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I just had fun. I just had a lot of fun with this movie, which is nice to see in a time of November where I get all these dramas that I'm seeing, which I like too, but it's nice to have a break. 13 years of slave. No, no I, really, <laughs> I really like the final fight sequence. I just wish that there was a more of an emotional impact with yeah. the villain. And like I, he just had a one-note kind of performance. I agree with that. Like, oh, I just want to do this because I do. I'm right, curious, like, because I know they added more Loki stuff. I'm curious if they cut out villain stuff just to give more time to what they considered uh, more interesting characters. You would, you would have to, you would have to cut out so much too, because I totally understand your point. It is the fact that it just there's there's no development to him. It's just it's pretty one note, and the fact that he's just like, I want to have all the darkness because I'm evil. And <laughs> that's like that's, much, that's exactly much how he sounds in the movie. Yeah, Jim Henson's yeah. Thor: The Dark World. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. Like my, my 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 theory is that when he was in his little Odin sleep forever, I just think he was listening to Lord of the Rings <laughs> on Odin's <tape>. sleep, <laughs> and just thought, "Oh, I'm gonna be sorry on that guy's cool. I'm gonna do the same thing he does." Yeah. yeah. Delicate friend. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for the most part, I didn't. I I had no problem with the casting. I think that the casting was fine. It's just I, mean, yeah. I felt as a as a standalone movie. I don't know if I can see it as a standalone movie ever. Um, whereas like even Iron Man three kind of has like a, re- a resolution to Tony Stark, and if you haven't seen it, it's kind of a ridiculous resolution because you wonder what happens in Avengers two. But you're saying there's no resolution in this movie. I mean, I, mean, I think they're, Thor they're, grows as a character in terms of what yeah, he's going to do. Yeah, no, I mean, again, I have no problem with Thor and Loki. It's just again the the, the film is itself. It, it feels as though it's just moving toward uh, something else. And um, again, probably because the villain is so one sided, one noted of just him staring off into space and then being invisible for, you know, 45% of the film and then showing up just to grab something and move on. I don't know. I mean, I, I do buddy, like his, his buddy was bad. His buddy was badass. Yeah, like, his yeah. buddy with the, the curse? turned into, yeah, yeah, turned into like this curse. giant sa- Japanese samurai. From yeah. The they should have combined. They should have combined the two of them because curse was, I mean, when he's walking around, like, like he was like Vader. You know, like yeah, it was just sorta. kicking ass, and it's I like that happened at some point because, like the, the yeah. like the, his like his cronies have these little stones that they crush and they become these yeah yeah yeah. Versions. I thought yeah. like um I thought Eccleston I thought Malekith would have done that at some point. Right. Like, you know what you thought I was bad before? Look at me now. I know Super bad, Shredder. Like, yeah, exactly. But yeah. even like even <laughs> even Curse looks like Balrog. Like yeah, to some degree. Yeah. yeah. So I lo- I want to talk more about the sci-fi fantasy stuff. Like it's such a a weird movie right like because you're like dealing with asgard which is like kind of like just kind of mid, like it's aliens but they have this kind of lord of the rings game of thrones vibe to them and then you have this kind of sci-fi alien or uh, like the malekith like the dark elf stuff where they have like little ships that look like b-wings from x from from star wars and they're all firing little <laughs> lasers at them and their the, the defenses are firing lasers but it's called pew 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 after <laughs> it's it is just like you don't see that in marvel movies you see every all the other ones are fairly grounded and this one's just like such an out there like it's if they want to build you up for guardians of the galaxy thor the dark world's a good way to do it because yeah. this just felt like a a, we, a weird like departure from like hey here's stuff on earth to here's like just crazy yeah fanta- fantasy sci-fi stuff just flying at your face i mean it happens not only in the action sequences but it's just in static sequences too when you see prisoners walking 
or when Thor is fighting in the first world that you see, it's like yeah. guys with giant horns that don't look human, things like that. And um, yeah, if you, if you don't pay attention to it, you're you're kind of just thinking that it's just a bunch of human looking, normal human looking dudes who might be extra pale or you know just look like demigods. But for the most part, there actually it, there is a lot of different creatures. I want to say types of people. I don't know uh, in this film, and that's kind of a I. I didn't really think about the sci-fi aspect of it, but it very much so is that. Well, like the one of the key lines of the first movie was, "You believe in, sci- in science, I believe in magic, whatever." And I come from a world where they're they're one and the same. And that this movie really emphasizes that fact. Mm. It's like, okay, we have magic and science, and that's happening. Hmm. Interesting. I also like seeing Odin's raven in this movie. That was a nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> Did you also enjoy Chris Hemsworth's smile? Of course. Yes. I mean, that came with the territory. Yeah. <laughs> like... Honestly, when he smiled, I blocked out for like two minutes and I came back. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a star, though, man. I mean, he yeah. is, like, he is. Like, even with Rush and everything, he just has that, he's got that, like, Brad Pitt movie star presence thing to him. Like, when you, it, it just, it, he just, you feel like, you know, when you, when Brad Pitt first hit the scene, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to hate this guy because he's good looking. And then it's impossible to, because he's so, he's a cool dude. He knows what he's doing. Like, he's a great actor. And Hemsworth now has that. And uh, even though he wasn't necessarily, I don't think, the star of Rush as much as Daniel Bruhahaha was, <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I don't know. Hemsworth, I'm glad that, that Marvel locked him down. Cool. Absolutely. And Hiddleston's just fantastic, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's. Yeah, I think that that's what hurt Malekith is the fact that when you have you have that Loki storyline too, there's only so much you, like it's 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 the Spider-Man three thing. There's only so many villains you can put in one movie, and I know that Loki's not the main focus of uh, his plan. It's it's you know they they had to do what they did, but Loki's the guy. You you you've already been with him for a couple of movies. You're going to be more concerned with what Loki's doing, and if you don't develop Malekith, crap about him, and that's what happened. Pretty much that's agree. Yeah, because. He, Go ahead. Go on. Go on. Go on. Oh, in the first in the first film with Thor, I mean, you you get a sense of him how he really wants to either please uh, Odin or just become his own person, and the, it, it's just very sad and devastating. And you really get a sense of where he's coming from, and then right. his anger rises, and then you know you have the Avengers, and so you've already had this character that's been developed for two films, uh, and the third one he kind of develops even more with uh, some more uh, you know mother and family aspects. And then you have this Malekith guy who just has been in like hypersleep for thousands of years, just right. showing up. I did like that the film started out in Vanaheim too. Was... <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't notice like, that. Right. Yeah. Started out in Anaheim. Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was right in the middle of Angels game. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get to our rating for Thor The Dark World. Each week on Out Now with Aaron and A, we rate movies based on when you should go and see them, and we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. On that scale, uh, Christian, where would you put Thor The Dark World? IMAX theater, for sure, uh, because uh, it's, especially even if, even if you don't love this, all of the story points and you find a couple of the flaws, like like we did here, you cannot disagree that this movie is just of epic proportions and something is the space battles alone is something to watch on the big screen and is an ultimate theater experience if you can see it in imax you absolutely should alan i had a lot of narrative issues and stuff but honestly it's a big spectacle and why wouldn't you go watch it on the big screen so i'd recommend watching on a big screen over like a computer screen or your tv screen just go if you 
I would recommend going to see an IMAX if you can because of how much work they put into the background and all of the set designing. I just do it. But if not, then yeah. So um, I'll just say theater. Just go to the theater. Yeah, despite some of the shortcomings, I'd also say theater. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I see it in theater for sure. And even the 3D is like not bad. It's not something I recommend ever. But um, it's like it seems like they knowing that they know they're making these movies that are going to be converted into 3D these days. It seems like they at least have a good handle on mm. making that work. So I wasn't I wasn't depressed by seeing it in 3D. Just <laughs> That's me mustering up strength to recommend 3D in minor, the most minor <laughs> can, way possible. Yeah, I can, I can feel the hesitation. Yeah. Um, let's do a little callback. Callback, callback, callback. Each week we... Ra- we, <laughs> we did that already. Each week we <laughs> bring in discussion about... Reference a couple films that we may have thought of during or after the main feature of the week. So with that said, Alan, any uh, callbacks you got? Um, Star Wars Episode One because it felt like Naboo. Um... My big one was Tangled. Oh. And yeah. During the funeral and the lanterns. Oh. Um, and also during the funeral and stuff. Uh, how, I might, uh, how to Train Your Dragon. Um, what else? Uh, Star Trek in the both, both Star Treks. Um, mostly because the villain felt a lot like Nero from the first Star Trek movie to me. Where kind of came back is like I'm gonna take care of business. Sure. Um, and then Into the Darkness with a little there's a little switch. There's like a little like twist swerve at the end of Into the Darkness. Or into darkness, and there's a little swerve in this one that kind of reminded me of that. So mostly like those big, big, giant science fiction films and a Disney anime film. So there's that. Um, Christian, wait, can you please re- repeat? My wife had uh, right during the question. I got a question from somebody else. So if you can, uh, can you repeat the question, please? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's just. Uh, do you have any movies that you thought of while watching Thor after? Uh, I mean, I think that I, I referenced the uh, the Star Wars, uh, you know, the Old Republic came, kind of certain things that I wanted to see from it. I absolutely thought of Lord of the Rings um, uh, when I was watching it, too. It had, it had the epic feel, and I, I thought of the Avengers at the very end as well as parts of Man of Steel, um, so not as much mass carnage. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are the movies I kind of took out of it, and it's... Yeah, I did. I felt like I was watching a, 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 a big comic book. I couldn't agree with you more, Aaron, in your point that it, was, it felt like I was watching. I was reading a really cool issue of uh, of Thor. Oh, really quick, really quick. The one I kept. Uh, the other one I forgot to say. Fern Gully, because the ether reminded <laughs> me of the villain from Fern Gully. <laughs> the smog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I thought of uh, Lord of the Rings as well, just because the opening scene is kind of epic in that regard. Yeah. I also thought of Prometheus because of the the way that they had, you know, these aliens that live on this ship and uh, they're they look like they're superior and they're also very pale. Um, and then I also thought of Man of Steel at the end because I thought this is a much better better way to handle this type of large scale action mm-hmm. between two superior beings. Uh, and I also thought of the video game Portal. That's a great point about the Man of Steel thing where. Thor finds a fun way to handle like a big villain coming to Earth and without like destroying everything. Like it, it has a. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It also reminded me of Star Trek. Like when when uh, when that ship in the the first the first JJ from Star Trek when uh, the, the ship uh, invades Earth and you have that and it just kind of shows up like a, the almost like the same type of ship too with the standing the I forget the name of the ship that it was but it, it just it gave me a very Star Trek feel. Get you, yeah. And the post-credit scene reminded me of Star Trek as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, Star Trek. Those are yeah. fine. We have all talked about them already. All right, let's do a little feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. 
Each week and out now, we go over the answers from our various questions on our Facebook and Twitter page, facebook.com slash podcast and twitter.com slash underscore podcast. We had a lot of feedback this week. Fun feedback, though. Fun. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's just go over it here. So first off, we asked, best capes in film? And uh, Corey put Spawn and Batman Forever because it protected him from the explosion in the sewers, but not from killing Val Kilmer's career. <laughs> Harsh words. <laughs> hey, the Saint was after Batman Forever. So was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, and Boom. so was uh, MacGruber. Exactly. So we got the, <laughs> we got the three Kilmer classics right there: the Saint, yep. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and MacGruber. Uh, Mike has Captain Chaos. Uh, Anthony has Spawn as well. Mm-hmm. Linda has Liberace from Behind the Candelabra. That's a good answer. Like <laughs> That's that. good. That's real good. That's, good That's real good. Well, Daniel follows it up with Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Uh, Jason has Supergirl. Okay. Philip has the Spartans in 300. Gotta love that red. Uh, Willie has James Brown. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Uh, Anne has Zorro with Tyrone Power. And, and um, we, April, Jason, and Matthew all had uh, the no capes from Edna Mode uh, thoughts from The Incredibles. And she brings up very valid points. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I figured that would come up, but I just lumped those all together. <laughs> and then we asked, uh, what superhero has the best hair? Uh, Philip has uh, Elektra. Uh, Matthew writes Superman when he works on the oil rig in Man of Steel. I think it's all just tattered. I, I don't recall his hair in that in that scene. <laughs> it's just messy and you know. A, there was a there was a face. I was focused on his super chest in that scene. <laughs> Jesus, that was running around. 2013's chest actor of the year. Yeah, there you go. Henry Henry Cavill. Uh, how about that? How about that Thor scene when he's just at the fountain, just topless? No, I'm fine. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Linda writes, uh, Jim Carrey's the Riddler. George writes, Doctor Octopus's ball haircut so bad it's good. Uh, Jason writes Loki. Ryan writes the Riddler. Uh, maybe is there something, uh, Jim is there something about the Riddler that I'm forgetting about? Like, did the Riddler have a specific haircut that I know? Of? Uh, had, it like was a... weird because he went, he went like red then brunette. Like within, it was yeah. really weird. He had like buzz cuts, and I think he also had like one point where it was like a wave or something. I'm not sure. Did he have like dollars like uh, Riddler signs like carved into his head? Carved. <laughs> carved. No, I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, I was trying to think of something specific that happened. We'll have, to, we'll have to research this on the internet. Riddler hair. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see, Joe has Wonder Woman. And Scott Neal writes, uh, I like it when the Hulk transforms. He goes from normal to Pete Rose, Mo in a few seconds. Okay, I'm looking at pictures of the Riddler's hair, and I guess it's, like, distinct. It just doesn't seem like so I was like, hmm, which one has the best hair? The Riddler. Like, that didn't come to mind at all, but it, like, came up twice, so I got confused. To each their own, though. He has, like, a hat on in a lot of these shots, too. Like, okay. <laughs> Um, okay, Thor has Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Meow meow. Meow meow. Cap has, meow, his, meow. Cap has his shield. What is your favorite superhero weapon slash sidearm or supervillain? Um, April put Magneto and his mind. I'm obsessed. Anthony has Doc Ock's tentacles. A lot of Doc Ock love this yeah. podcast. <laughs> his hair and now his uh, tools. Joe Jans put Snicked, which is obviously a reference to Ghost Rider. Yes. Um, April has the Joker <laughs> and his pencil. <laughs> <laughs> Philip has Daredevil's Nunchaks, Nunchakus. Uh, Matthew has Rhodes slash War Machine and the Ex-Wife. <laughs> uh, Bob has Green Lantern's Ring. If only there was a good movie to go with it. Uh, Alan, were you on that podcast? Yeah, it's called First Flight. Yeah. What? <laughs> were you on that podcast with Green, Green Lantern? Or was it? Um, I know Mark was on. I don't think so. 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was, maybe it was Jordan. No, because I'm like, there's only a couple movies where I'm on where it's, I just don't like the film, and I don't <laughs> think that was it. I didn't like that one. I don't think okay. I was on that one. Okay. Adam has Batman and his utility belt. And uh, Alan, you wrote Daredevil's Catholic Guilt. So mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more important than his um, staff. <laughs> or whatever that is. It's like a hook staff. It's like a billy club. Yeah, yeah maybe. Sure, that sounds right. Uh, and then we asked, favorite love interest in a superhero comic book film? Joe writes, Batman's love for Robin. Hashtag bat nipples. <laughs> uh, Adam writes, the main Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and Gwen Stacy. Uh, I think that's the one with what's his face, Andrew Garfield. Um, Bob writes, "That's tough. They're usually so well done." Um, and he has more of that sentence. She's more than just a love interest, but Jean Grey. And uh, George writes, "Dazzler and the Hulk," because they went on a date. Honest Hulk team up number one. Uh, Jason then Jason writes, "Thor and Loki." Oh wait. Uh, that in the Chinese version of the Dark uh, Thor of the Dark World. So he's talking about the poster that came out in the past week that was uh, incredibly well done. <laughs> Put that in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, Scott writes, Heart Boncher? Boncher? Supergirl. Uh, okay, and all serious, Katie Holmes in Batman Begins, and Anne Hathaway in The Dark Knight Rises, because they weren't primarily love interest characters, serving said function while being fully developed supporting characters. And Philip writes, Jennifer Connelly in The Rocketeer. I win. That's a good point. If Thor had a cage match against Superman, who would win? Alan, do you have an answer for this question? Just offhand. Uh, Thor, he's a god, and he has magic. There you go. Uh, Joe has Thor. A god is a god. Superman is simply an illegal alien. <laughs> Boom. Uh, April has Thor, no doubt. Robert James says Superman is vulnerable to magic. Thor's hammer is magic, but on the other hand, Superman is certainly worthy to hold Mjolnir. Which could mean he could become Thor, which would mean Thor wins both times. <laughs> Mike has Thor. Joshua has Yup Thor. Matthew says moviegoers around the world. <laughs> yes, they would win. And uh, Philip has Thor doesn't have to worry about the Krypton- kryptonite or red suns. I go with him. Plus, he has better hair. So there you go. Yeah. Seems like Thor won that one pretty. Pretty, easily. pretty easy. It's like a hundred percent. And then we asked, what superhero or comic book films do you think are underrated? Uh, Kyle writes Unbreakable. I think that got tons of likes. Uh, I also think that it's unrated. Uh, Patrick writes Scott Pilgrim, which also got a lot of likes. Uh, I know it's one of Aaron's favorites. Gerard writes Ghost Rider 2. Maybe. Jordan agrees. He pisses fire. (laughs) (laughs) Idris Elba's pretty good in it. Uh, Jason writes I also agree with Kyle, Unbreakable, and The Incredibles. I wish these films would have sequels. George writes Unbreakable. It's more like like Incredibles is... Yeah, that'd be great to have a sequel. It's not underrated, though. Yeah, I remember there was a comment about that. Yeah. I think that, that we responded to that on the page. Uh, George also writes... I'm saying not enough people... I'm sorry. Okay. I'd be like saying enough people don't find George Clooney attractive. I mean, <laughs> that's... No, there, a lot of people love Incredibles. <laughs> a lot of Unbreakable love. Uh, Bob writes Chronicle. Uh, Jason writes James Gunn's Super and Defender. Uh, Super uh, is... Yeah, with... yeah, yeah. Super, yeah, Super is the James Gunn film with Rain Wilson. Defender is another film with Woody Harrelson, which I, is that that's the Woody Harrelson one. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, that's the Woody Harrelson one. There's another one with Michael Rappaport that's also uh, that like, one's uh, senseless or not senseless. That's that's, that's Marlon Wayans. <laughs> that's that's uh, I, I remember that one. It's where he takes drugs and he thinks he's a superhero. It's uh, what is that one called? I know it's, books. it's bothering me too. It, Michael Rappaport and uh, it has a like super in the. 
phrasing or something like spe- it's like special or something uh, like that. Yeah, I think it is special. Special. It is special. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Michael Rappaport fans, that guy's a cool dude. Cool dude. Uh, Jason also continues with Mystery Men. Wonder which one of you guys shovels well. I'd say that it would be uh, Aaron. Me, I'm Mexican. There you go. <laughs> Done. Uh, Joshua writes Watchmen. Adam writes Blade. William I writes. Yeah, I, I guess Blade is a. I mean, I don't think I don't think people dislike Blade. I guess it just gets kind of underthought about when you think well, about like where the where the superhero movies kind of kicked off with. I mean, like it X-Men also got two sequels, so I don't know if it it. Yeah, that's the other and a TV series. I mean, so oh yeah, I forgot about the TV series <laughs> with uh, with Sticky Fingers. Um, uh, that's a real name. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I guess I mean, but yeah. Yeah, to your point though, when you think of superhero movies, Blade sometimes doesn't come up, even though he is in that universe. And he, I mean, he, before X Men, Blade would really kicked off like kind of like let's make more superhero movies again that are cool and not so gimmicky. Uh, William writes, I hate to say this, but I think Constantine was underrated. Decent. I never saw it actually. It's, I really liked it. It's uh, it's fine. It's got its moment. I think Keanu Reeves, despite like weirdly being cast as Constantine, which is. A strange choice. I, I felt like he did a good job as an actor in that movie. And lastly, Philip writes Daredevil and Elektra, and I can't tell if I, I heard the oh. Daredevil director's cut is pretty good. That's great. Elektra is just it a is. horrible thing that happened. <laughs> well, there you go. Elektra's just like, hey, we showed up, and there's this. <laughs> Give me some money. Uh, now we got plenty of questions that you guys asked us that we're going to happily answer on the show. I've been saving up a lot of these because a lot of these are Marvel related. Um, and so now we finally have, you know, a movie we could talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alan, feel free to answer these questions as well. Word. Um, Jason asks, what do you think of James Spader being cast as Ultron? Uh, oh. Go. Yeah. Um, I like his voice a lot. I think he has that kind of swarmy attitude. I just don't, it all kind of depends, like, where, how they go with it. Like, if he's just the voice of the robot, I mean, it could be cool. Like, Paul Bettany as Jarvis is neat, but he doesn't add too much to it but i think james spader has a really like distinctive voice where it could be kind of interesting and it could be really menacing um i'm just trying to see how they're gonna go with it but i think it's pretty cool i, I wish it was just like a really crappy robot costume that james spader's wearing <laughs> no not even a robot costume it's just him and like foil and yeah foil and cardboard or just that just, just, just the antennas he just needs the antennas just the antennas <laughs> he's like a weird android <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, James Spader, whatever. <laughs> Let's see it. Let's see what happens. I'd have to defer to you guys because I don't even know what Ultron looks like. It's like a robot with, with antennas. With antennas? Is he the one like, <laughs> yeah. looks like he has a TV on his head? Uh, some, hmm. kind of. That's, that's Saga? Saga. Um, uh, well. Yeah, Prince Robot. Um, Prince Robot. No, well, Ultron, essentially, imagine, imagine just all silver. He's essentially all sober, but he you know changes different variations. It's just kind of he has a really menacing looking face, like he has like a like a pumpkin grin. A pumpkin kind of. grin. Interesting. Like I don't really I don't know how else to describe it. Like how would you describe? It's okay, it? I'm I'm looking it up right now. Okay, like he's he's it's it's he's terrifying in the book. Like if Ultron pops up and you're like, oh dude, got to care of that. Oh yeah, a level he, of does, he does look very uh very menacing actually. There's a level of menace to the design of the character, so I am curious to see what an Avengers, what a, what a live action movie uh, version. Yeah, he does look of, very of cool. Ultron would look like. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and then Mike asks, "Why does Aegis Elba get blown up so much?" Well, he's in movies that have explosions, so that's probably why. 
I, that's just, I mean, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> trying to think of all the movies Ethan Zilba gets blown up in. But yeah, blown up in Thor two or Dark World, does he? He does some blowing. Well, up. I mean, he gets involved in some. There's some explosions in that one. Yeah. And there's Prometheus, Pacific Rim. Did he get blown up from uh, the Losers? Yeah, he got. Well, he he flew a spaceship into a spaceship. Oh, I, I completely forgot. <laughs> And then Ghost Rider 2, I don't think he could play. He, 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 he caught a Kazi mission in that movie. Oh. There he, well, well, when a brother gets blown up, he gets blown up. Yeah. In, uh, <laughs> Man- in Mandela, Long Walk to Freedom, he gets blown up. Yes, yeah, I know. I, I read about that. Spoiler alert. So, you know. Yeah. He's playing in a rugby match, and the rugby match, the, the rugby uh, ball actually has an explosive device in it, so that's how it happens. In 28 like weeks. It's all about just explosions. In 28 weeks later, he like blows up all of London. Mm. Um, there's that epic scene in The Wire where he just launches just nothing but C4 everybody. And he's like, <laughs> what's up? Stringer Bell, bitches. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> crazy at Zelda. But, uh, uh, all right. Yeah. Here we go. Next one. This is a big one for Izzy. It's actually two questions combined, but he asked the same thing kind of in different ways because he was getting really anxious about this answer. Uh, what would it take to make a successful Punisher movie or TV show? It's gone through three movies so far with no success. Who is your ideal Frank Castle and ideal season one or first movie villain? Um, I have a theory about Punisher movies and why they don't work. It's that diehards and all these Sylvester Stallones and all these Schwarzenegger movies are essentially Punisher films like Death the, diff- the thing that makes Punisher so interesting in the comic books is that he's in the Marvel Universe and he kills people. That's his niche, and that's, like, his gimmick. But when you put him in a movie, it's like, he's could- any dude, any other dude does that. Like, Expendables is a team of dudes that go kill people. Mm. So, as ho- try as you might, like, yeah, you can see really cool Punisher films, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that he brings anything special to a cinematic release. I think his mostly just in really cool crime books in the Marvel Universe. I think so, that's why he works. Yeah. So I think the the best way to that a, a Punisher movie could really and I like the Tom Jane movie. I like but the Tom Jane and the Lexi Alexander movie with Ray Stevens. That one insane. I love it. It's like it's a true comic book movie. <laughs> yeah. It is. Um, but I mean, I guess like if there was a way to like really make it work in terms of if, although Punisher Warzone does I think make it work in the kind of ultra violent act attitude that it has. But I mean, if you incorporated him with other Marvel characters and presented the dilemma of a person that actually just goes out and kills people versus ostensibly good Marvel characters that don't try to go with that route, I mean that's a, a way to take it. But I just don't see that happening based on how Marvel Studios is handling uh, the Punisher or or. Punisher, uh, the other Marvel characters in their universe is, you know, they're trying to be essentially family-friendly movies at this point. So bringing in the guy that kills people is just not the, <laughs> not the thing that's going to happen. I think a good way you can bring him in as a foil would be with the, all those new Marvel Knights TV series are doing. Like, which is, like... here, let me, let me read this question, really, because this is the second okay. part of Izzy's question. If you okay. had the chance to choose which TV network would a, nar- would a Marvel Knights gritty Punisher show <laughs> would be on, which network would it be? FX, HBO, AMC, Showtime? I'll leave it with Netflix just because you can make a big family. Um, ABC, NBC, Fox, I don't think any of that would work. I don't think no, none of that would work. It, it wouldn't be the you know the ABC follow-up show. Like, at 9 o'clock, you can watch S.H.I.E.L.D. At 10 o'clock, yeah. you can watch The Punisher. Well, maybe or, on ABC Family, it, but, you know. We're, we're watching ABC's Frank. <laughs> to compete, no, what it could be, yeah. To compete with ABC's Castle, of course. Um, but, uh, 
let's talk about that a little bit. The the, the Netflix announcement this week. Alan, do you, yeah. you know the details on this one? The uh... the deets. The, I think just the minimum deals. It's four different shows. I believe it's the Jessica Jones. They're gonna focus on Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Daredevil, and Luke, Luke Cage. Cage, which they will all eventually gap into like a miniseries event called the Defenders. The Defenders, yeah. Yes. Yeah, which is essentially the. It's not the defender. The defender should be here. It should be here for hire. But either way, I am. I'm. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm curious what they're gonna do. I think it's really cool. I think it's a good idea. I think the, um, like the and I like this idea quite a bit. It's very. It seems like it's, in terms of like studios making good deals with each other, that seems like a very good one. It's like we can have more Marvel shows and use Netflix, and Netflix benefits from having more original programming that people are gonna want, really want to seek out because they're Marvel shows. Yeah. Right. But um, and uh, they also have a team up. Thing, playing up this defenders now with that said i would love it if these shows were all set in the 70s if they had this like gritty 70s oh movie, and then they, they all had to team up that movie in the 70s like especially since all these comics were essentially created in the 70s right. yeah. but like you, you like i think some of you alan you might have seen this too the uh, the joke carnahan's vision for daredevil oh that would have been nuts he, he had like great he had like great. he had like a concept video for what he thought his daredevil would be like if he were to give him a chance to make it and it was like this very gritty 70s crime drama with daredevil interesting football no eric and no fez though right yeah i just i i would have wanted to see that come to life. yeah and i, I would have wanted to see that come to life and so this seems like a good chance to have that happen I, i'd really like to see if that could go on i doubt that i bet it'll just be set in regular times or whatever but still the idea of this intrigues me quite a bit so hmm. if, if, if the punisher could be involved in some way that i mean it seems like that's an easy way to kind of fit that character into that universe and somehow and actually bring kind of bring a closure to some of the points we just made of like having a person that kills within this realm of ostensibly good characters daredevil mm. even there daredevil kills though doesn't he i think so he's and, not he's, uh, not, he, he, he's not above it he'll give you a really but his catholic <laughs> guilt is what keeps him <laughs> <Exactly>. yeah <laughs> uh, uh yeah go. yeah and then we asked uh who should direct a deadpool film hmm. edgar wright even though he's doing Ant Man, I think he'd do a really cool. I think that would, movie. yeah. I think that his humor mixed with some of the writing would would probably do well. I, I don't know. I, I don't really, I don't really. Joe eat. Cornish. Not really. Joe Cornish. Joe Cornish. Yeah. Attack the buck. If yeah. Busy on Ant Man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Somebody's like something really crazy and bombastic. I think maybe. You know what? Uh, Neil Marshall. That'd be fun. The Descent, uh, what's it? Uh, what's the one? The other one. Um, Doomsday? Doomsday, yeah. That seems like a proof positive that he could make a, do- yeah. a, a Deadpool movie if he wanted to. And it'd be crazy yeah. violent. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Antoine Fuqua, I don't know. <laughs> that would be uh, the grittiest one ever. No, I don't know. <laughs> Tears of the Dead. That, I was actually going to make a joke on Tears of the Sun, too, so thanks. <laughs> Same right. wavelength. Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, heartfelt movie. That's it. A League of Their Deadpool. Okay. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Last question. This is from Jim. Jim D, friend of the show. Eventually, Marvel Studios is going to have a movie that flops and bursts this bubble they have been riding on. Which movie will it be? If it's going to be anything right now, it's going to be Guardians. Yeah. Um... And if that stingers any indication, it's going to be Guardians. <laughs> um, I guess that could be because it's such a weird one, which is why they have it in like August as opposed to like May or July or something like that, like a 
prime. Yeah. Month. It seems like they, they want it. They just don't know what's going to happen with it. I mean, I have all the faith in the world in Edgar Wright, but Ant-Man could be like one that's too maybe obscure, obscure. not like. <laughs> well, with Edgar Wright's track record, it might flop. But well, he's in got Marvel bucks, in Marvel it, terms. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I, yeah, I, but I, it Marvel's on a hot streak right now. Like they, it, it's it's going to be very hard for them to. They have to make a film that like is also like a hate crime if they have to like make one that's really going to burst their bubble. Like it has to be like something that's like. By the way, the director's actually a Nazi. Like that's the way it can flop. <laughs> like there's, there's nothing that's really going to stop like the force of Marvel. It's being directed stuff. by Mel Gibson. Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be great. <laughs> I would love to see a Hercules movie directed by Mel Gibson. <laughs> That'd be bad. Oh, be so... Or Ares. Oh, hmm. sorry. That makes make sense. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that works out. Well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if Doctor Strange will translate really well whenever that comes out. Is that going to be a standalone movie? Out. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they want it to be. They're like, like gunning yeah. for it. Apparently, it's not like officially announced, but like it's like after Avengers two, it's like Ant Man's for sure, and then. Uh, presumably, Doctor Strange will be in that crowd as well, but yeah, we'll see. I just want a Black Panther movie. That's all I want. Uh, oh, hey, dude. Yeah. That's Anton Fuqua. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. Cool. So, yeah, thank you guys for all your yeah, questions. Thanks for the feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. That's how you do it. All right, let's get to our uh, our plug here, our Audible plug. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com. There are over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of Out Now, if they're in the name, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I have a book to recommend. It is called Don't Know Much About World Myths by Kenneth C. Davis. <laughs> Along with Norse mythology, you can learn about plenty of other myths, such as Greek gods and... Whatever else you want to in this fun audible book, Aud- yeah, fun audio book from <laughs> Kenneth Davis. There you go. You can download that or anything else you find at audibletrial.com. Now podcast. You can download that. You can keep the rec- you can keep whatever book you want for free. You can have that service for some days, get rid of it, and then still keep the book afterwards. Boom. So, or you, or you can keep the service and go on. Yeah. And prosper. So okay, <laughs> that's audibletrial.com. Now podcast. All right. Let's do a little feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Feedback. All right, that was feedback. (laughs) (laughs) Seamless, as always. All right, let's do a little box office here. All right. Each week, week we go over the box office totals and find out if our predictions were anywhere close to what actually happened. Abe, do you remember your very silly prediction? Yes, I think I said something very low. I think maybe like 41.5 or 45.1 or something. 48.7. 48.7. 48.7. Oh, wow. Yeah. You still had a point wow. in there for some reason. Why'd you, why'd you go that low? I, you know, the fall stuff, people were going to go see some more dramatic stuff. I don't know. I, I, I was a fool. Marvel, man. I was a fool. <laughs> yeah. uh, Maxwell put first place with 95 million. Jose put first place with 85. I put first place with 75. Jose crushed it because it's first place of 86 Woo! right now. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. Uh, Cordova. Ooh. Yeah, Jose for him. knocked it out. No, this is good for the movie. Well, yeah. good for his achievement. That's, <laughs> that's really it. good. Yeah, Thor. Yeah, Thor's made eighty-six million this weekend in America. It's already made like hundred and twenty overseas. Um, that was that, that was last weekend too. Maybe this oh, weekend probably yeah. added more to that. Um, nothing else really came out this week. The Book Thief opened at like four theaters, which I liked. I thought it was fine. Uh, nobody watches things about books. Yeah, books. <laughs> Um, like the Rum Diary made so much money. Let's see, Twelve Years a Slave. That's still in the, that's in the top ten. It's still climbing charts too. 
Um, what else? Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa is making a very strong, like, it's holding on. It's still second place at the box office right now. Wow. Um, which is just weird. Ender's Game, meanwhile, has dropped down to fifth place this week after a first place debut, Ooh. which is likely, but I wonder if that'd be liked it. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all there is to say for this week and mostly next week because nothing really happens next week either besides <laughs> Best Man Holiday. Uh, by the way, adding Holiday to any movie feels like the greatest sequel title of all time. <laughs> Captain Phillips Holiday. Like, I'd see that movie right away. Yeah. 12 Years uh, a Slave Holiday. 12 Years yeah. a Slave Holiday. <laughs> Rush Holiday. The Color uh, Purple Holiday. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, got, I got one to make you don't see it. Smurfs Holiday. Apple <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chipmunks Holiday. Uh, Holiday. Right. <laughs> yeah. holiday. Hey, Aaron, Aaron, yeah. Utopia holiday. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, all right. What, uh, what time is Oh, that? Aaron, I believe it's time for games. The cat on the keyboard? <laughs> no, that, you know that it. sounds more like... Da, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, of course, that was the improv theme for games that i do every week and i have a game to play which we haven't done quite some time abe it is celebrity tweets love this game celebrity tweets is the game where i read oh fuck alan dropped it oh wait oh he's there alan the recording stops i don't think he is it looks like he's he's also not responding alan yes alan (laughs) (laughs) yes yes now you're there okay it's weird. Like, only for Alan does the recording ever stop when somebody drops out of the call. Everyone oh, else. shit, really? Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, yeah. Respect. We're, like, we're linked in some way. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you're there now. Okay, good. Um, what are we doing? It's Celebrity Tweets. Woo? Um, that, yeah, Celebrity Tweets. That's the game this week. This is, of course, where I come... I, I, I've, I've, requ- I've written down uh, ten real tweets from actual celebrities... There's maybe quotation marks around real. It doesn't matter. They should be easy to guess. You just have to guess who wrote this tweet, and you know that's how the game works. It should be very simple. Right. So here we go. Here's the first one. Here's how simple it is. It's been an honor to carry the hammer. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, guys, just feel free to you know guess who you think these are. Here's the next one. I have a family, but no qualms getting to rest up with Thor either. Mm. Natalie Portman. Yeah, oh, Natalie Portman. Okay. Correct. Okay. Here's the next one. Well, the women love me, and the men want to be me. Uh, Loki. Tom, Tom Hiddleston. Loki. Yeah. It's uh, Ray Stevenson, who plays Voldemort. Oh. Oh. Here's the next one. It's a great gig. I get to sit on a throne and do whatever I want, basically. Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. It's uh, Stan Lee. Stan oh, Lee. man. Stan oh, cool. nice. Yeah, give him back his shoe. He's tricking us here. Yeah. Here's the next one. Hey, goofing on us. Yeah, I'm a sidekick, but why don't like the women him. like me... Like they like Loki, man. Um, uh, Kat Dennings. Oh yeah, Kat <laughs> Dennings. No. So um, it's it's a uh, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Oh, Don Cheadle. Oh, Don Cheadle. Oh, it's on Twitter, yeah. barely. It's bitching about Captain Thor. Stars and Stripes. <laughs> that's, that's not even the same movie. Here's the next one. I cannot wait for the next one. Three exclamation points. Uh, Rene Russo. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> um. Oh wait, Cat uh, Dennings, President Obama. It's yeah. actually it's Don Cheadle again talking about Star Wars. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know he's. Oh come on, that's, that's he's, he's active on Twitter. I didn't read that hashtag. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, here's the next one. But really, how heavy is that hammer? Mm. 
uh, Joss Whedon? I don't know. So Helen Mirren. Helen, Helen Mirren. Mirren. She has a Twitter feed. I think it's I am Helen Mirren ninety seven. <laughs> I underscore. Yeah. Uh, then we have. Um, uh, could we give the hammer more power in the next one? Uh, Justin Timberlake. I I, I kind of want to say Doc Brown, but Tim, Tim Allen. Hammer. Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. Oh, we're close. Yeah, more, you want more power? Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, been for tools. Yeah, been for tools exactly. Here's the next one. This is a um, a tweet more because it's a little a little long here. Uh, what really excited me about this new Thor film was the continued balance of comedy, adventure, and drama. The tragedy involving two brothers coupled with exciting action and fun humor really allowed me to escape reality for two hours and go along with the ride. I also thought Rene Russo was super hot in Lethal Weapon 3 when he's happy to see her back in action. Interesting. Tom Berenger. Uh, Mel Gibson. It was actually a Barkhad Abdi from Captain Phillips. Oh, was, uh, wow. Yeah. It was, yeah. He's got a Twitter. Now he's active. I'm, I'm glad. That guy deserves more work. Here's the last one. How come the brother has to be the one guarding the road to Asgard? <laughs> uh, Tracy Morgan. Omar from The Wire. It's actually Don Cheadle. Don again. Cheadle! Uh, <laughs> he's really very active, active on Twitter. <laughs> and that's how you play celebrity tweets. All right. All right. Um, Don Cheadle. Yeah. On Twitter. Uh, all right. Let's move, let's move on to Out Now Presents What's Out Now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week. Um, we got a few here. Speaking of, Man of Steel comes out this week, and I'm sure like 18 different versions of it. Um, you can find one of those. Uh, Apparently, we yay or nay these two. Yes. So. <laughs> Alan, you like Man of Steel, right? I did. Christian, were you a Man of Steel fan? Uh, yes, I understand everyone's problems with the with the film. My, the reason I liked it as much as I did is because I got to see Superman kick ass again and not cry around like Superboy in the Brian Singer version. That's a good point. Um, let's see. Francis Ha comes out oh. this week. Speaking of giant blockbusters. Oh man, I want to see that. It's a good movie. Yeah, I really yeah, like that's it. what I heard. Um, it Man: The Final Fight comes out. Not which... the one with the. Uh, it's not Tony Anthony. Lung. Or it's not to, It's or Don. Is it Donnie Yen? Is Donnie Yen? Oh, it's Donnie Yen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, the Grand the Grandmaster. Oh, Grand, oh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot. So there's there's been a lot Man, of It Man movies lately. Yeah, It Man's the third one in this in like the Donnie Yen It Man series, except this one has um Anthony Wong instead of Donnie Yen this time. It's like an older hit. Okay, man. I gotcha. Yeah. And lastly, just oh no, not I forgot. Turbo comes out this week. I, <laughs> I hated Turbo. Um, <laughs> um, but lastly, Akira, the 25th anniversary. Oh of, yes. This week. Yeah, I want that. I want that one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to what we're going to talk about next week. Next week's show, we're going to talk finally talk about 12 Years a Slave. Um, this is, of course, the film from director Steve McQueen starring Chiwetel Ejiofor, Michael Fassbender, everybody else, Paul, Paul Giamatti, Michael Kenneth Williams. Uh, who else is in this? Brad Pitt. Paul, like, Paul Dano, uh, if you want to really strengthen Paul Dano. Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Pete Carlson Cumberbatch. Uh, yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, it's a movie we've been wanting to talk about for some time, and since next week is pretty bare, we figured, why not just take a whole show as opposed to a bonus and do a whole episode on 12 Years of Slave? So that's the plan. And that should be a fun one. I already have the guests lined up for that show, so it should be a very heavily skewing podcast episode. I'll just say that for now. Uh, cool. Yeah. So with that, with all that out of the way, that's uh, that's gonna have to do it this week. Oh. Right now, Theron and Abe. Yeah, I know. Thanks for having me, guys. Sure. Wait, wait. Are we gonna talk about the end cut and sequence and like the stingers for Thor? No. We can do that. We can. You, uh, and I can, you can. I can chat about it for okay, cool, after, cool. afterwards. Let's uh, let's wrap it up really quick though first. 
Um, you can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeofzeke.com. You can find all my written movie reviews as well as at ysoblue.com for my Blu-ray reviews. You can also find me at twitter.com slash aaronsps3, pending aaronsps4 change. Abe? Uh, find more friends with us at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose, hashtag aaronsps4. Christian? Uh, you can find, well, if you want to get the latest movie news, go to schmozno.com. But we also have a podca- podcast on Thursday nights on the tohopnetwork.com, Thursday 8 to 10. Pacific time, as well as youtube.com slash Alan? You can find me on uh, Twitter at, at MrDVD, MRDVD. Or you can find me on Instagram at uh, A-L-D-O underscore R-A-Y-N-E, Alderain. Um, yeah, and if I ever do blog postings and stuff, you can see it on there. Great. Cool. You can, of course, find there you go. You can, of course, find all the other episodes of At Now Out There Today on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as at hhwlod.com. That's the podcast network that hosts our site, along with other shows, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, uh, the Ichapod Cranecast, the best titled Sleepy Hollow podcast there is, which I host, of course. And yeah. You can also check us out over at now.podomatic.com, where we host the uh, latest episodes as well as exclusives. And check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash podcast. Email us, outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Thor and Marvel movies in general. Interact with us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast where we'd love to read your responses out in the air. And twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. Same thing. And lastly, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com where we have a lot of cool stuff. Awesome. Christian, Alan, thank you guys for joining us today to discuss Thor and more. Thank you guys. And um, yeah, that's going to do it uh, for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. And we're going to smash like Thor. Now we're gods amongst peasants, getting offerings and presents. Now we're superheroes to these mere mortals. We lost our job. We lost our girl. Now we basically run the world. Gods of truth. Gods of war. Like thunder, we'll have some more. Now stand up, rise, heroes unite. Don't let people get you down, fight. This is our life, this is our time. No more work in the fryer, retired. Our lives are inspired, cause we are the chosen. And we're gonna smash like Thor. Quicker, quicker than a lizard. Desperate Thor to, to to come to me for help. That was your Loki, really? <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs>